79. Hey guys, welcome to episode Know Your Gear QA number 79. And uh, real quick, I just want to thank some of the uh, patrons that uh, that help us. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Russ at Taurus Pedals, Brian Stewart, Lee Hawkins, uh, Kermit Jackson, Steve Pinna, Bob Crosley, Aaron Anthony, Daniel Psychic, Andrew Goody, Anthony Desposito, BB Ninja, and Tony. I want to thank you guys uh, for being some of the supporters, as more as also as many of the other supporters, as you can see right here, that support what we do every week. And uh, and uh, thank you again. You guys mean a lot to us. So let's go ahead and get started with QA number seventy nine. There's a there's a bunch of you already on a Saturday, which is good. You never know if uh, you guys got stuff to do on Saturday if you want to hang with us and talk guitars. I'm going to move the screen just around a little bit so both Ralph and I can see it. And uh, okay, so what we got going on? Anything cool this week? Anything cool with you this week, gear wise? No, no. Anything cool with you? I got a new guitar. <laughs> I, mean, now, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't get a new guitar. I, I bought, bought a new guitar. So next week I get a new, new guitar. guitar. Uh, if you guys, we talked about this, I think last uh, live stream. I put it on the Instagram. I was looking at two Telecasters that I wanted, uh, the American Professional Deluxe in the gray and this uh, old school one. That's a, it was a used one, but it was a, like a quilted top. You could see it on Instagram. It was gorgeous. And everybody, I think the majority, like 60% said, go with the American Professional. That was easy for me because I really like that neck. But uh, believe it or not, the last minute I changed my mind and got a uh, three-color sunburst. So nothing... No exciting color, um, but I was looking for a humbucker tail. Yeah. Nothing wrong with sunburst. No, nothing. You know what? Nothing's wrong with the, the sunburst. Um, so very excited about that. Uh, hopefully you guys can hear and see us fine. Uh, Idiv says, Phil, how's the Helix? Uh, the Helix is a lot of work at this point. I have the Helix, and if you can look behind me right there, I have that uh, Variax guitar. See that? Look at that. That's the new one. Uh, that literally came yesterday afternoon. Um, so I got to play with it a little bit last night, me and Ralph played a little bit today. It's really too early to even know what we're even doing at this point. I'm just turning knobs and checking things out. Um, yeah, we haven't hit the, uh, read the instruction stage yet. No, I mean, there's going to be a lot to this. Like I said before, when it comes to this kind of product, this isn't something, unfortunately I can open the box and go, okay, plug, plug it, it in, in and, and go. You go. Um, because if you don't, if you don't spend some time with it, you may be missing the opportunities to like it. And also you might, uh, you know, might missing some opportunities to share some good information with other people. So, um, but I, I will tell you this first impressions of the Helix. I like it very much. It took me only a few seconds to decide that I think I like the idea, uh, you know, and I'm excited about it. So, uh, that's where I'm now. I'm not like in love or anything. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing since, you know, anything I'm just saying at this point, first impressions are good. The guitar first impressions are a little, uh, you know what I mean? Cause the guitar itself is cool, plays great, but the very thing is a still kind of an odd thing for me. It's definitely, you got to tweak it. Um, right off the bat. And I promise when I do the review, I'll go through all that stuff. Um, what else do we got going on? A couple things too, that are cool is, um, hold on a second is, uh, uh, we got, uh, the new video series where I'm doing the five products a week in one video. And, uh, I just, uh, had the long, I, not the long one it was, uh, but I had the patron hangout this week and during the patron hangout, I discussed this. So I thought, uh, you know what? I probably should share with everybody. Uh, what's happening next week on the episode where you, you see me review five pieces of gear, the plan with that video, by the way, which is very, it's a very dangerous thing that I'm doing because it, it is cutting into views doing it this way. But 
I really believe that uh, quality over quantity kind of logic, right? Do something good. So what's going to happen next week? And on this week's episode, if you saw this week's episode where I did the Supro and the LPD pedals, what's great is on that one, it's already set up this way. But next week, uh, what happens is when you watch that video of all the products and you see I do a snapshot of all the products, not only can you click and go directly to that product to watch that part in the video, you can click the longer version of that product. Okay. Yeah, so you already can do that now. Now, on last week's, you can only do it on the LPD and on the Supro amp. On the future ones, it'll probably be four out of the five. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure one of the products, it got, you know, the three minutes or four minutes it got was long enough. But what's great now is when you're watching the short format, if you're like, man, that's great. I wish there was longer format. You just click the thing and you go right to the longer. Yeah, because you get like watching. You're like, hey, I want to know more yeah. about this. Now versus... this, what I'm doing, and again, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you guys because I'm really interested in what you guys think when you let me know because I'm, I like, I enjoy this. I've never seen anybody do this on YouTube, and I think it's a great way to show you guys a bunch of products, have a good time, and if you are more involved and you want to be more involved. Uh, you can, you know, what a great way to see like five products and then go, wow, that one product was really cool. Click. There's a 10 minute, 15 minute video of just that one product. So, uh, so there you go. And the LPD pedal is awesome. And the LPD pedal is <laughs> awesome. He was playing the LPD yeah, pedal Yeah, I came today. over and I think it was the first thing I plugged in was that LPD. Yes. Uh. Um, uh, RNA Music. Hey, what's up guys? Uh, he says, uh, uh, room is looking good. Thank you. I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy the room this way. It feels uh, less cluttered this way. A couple amps to choose from. Uh, the pedals are here on this wall in front of us. There's just rows of pedals in front of us. Uh, maybe I'll show you guys that one day, but I don't know. Uh, but I mean, so there's everything we need in the room to, to jam and have fun. Uh, let's see. Oh, Aaron liked the Metal Zone video. Video, Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I wanted to have fun. Uh, you know, that video was really, as you can imagine, I walked into a music store, saw that PQ4, and I bought that pedal. And I thought, you know what? You know, it's kind of funny that that pedal was discontinued, yet the uh, the uh, Metal Zone was was not. Uh, Kevin Paul says, I have the Line 6 pod, and I still don't know what is going on after six months. Yeah, I have the Line 6 pod, the kidney bean. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid. Uh, one of the things I plan to do, but I'm afraid of it, is I want to compare it against the Helix. Because, you know, what's funny is I like the pod. I've always liked the pod. So I'm curious to see what 20 years of R&D and development Line 6 has accomplished. Because, you know, um, what's funny to me is one day I got the, I use the pod from time to time. You know, I have the old one. The, it was a 2.0, but it's the old one. It doesn't have the screen, right? It doesn't yeah, because I have the uh, the headphone one. Yeah, you have the headphone one. And uh, you know what's funny to this day? I did a video real quick. I was just jamming on it and I put it on Instagram. And that video has more comments about how great the tone is <laughs> than any video I've ever done. And I thought, man, isn't that funny? Like the thing that, you know. Well, the pods were great. Even the, the pods were great even when they came out. And they said, and they, I think those are one of the few digital effects that really kind of lasted and kept up its uh, quality. I think, you know, because if you, when you drive, when you drive down to it, when you drive into it, you know, you got Johnson, you got other companies that like Digitech and stuff that did digital and they get their, you know, they should deserve an accolade. But I think for me, I hate to say it, the Line 6 pod, that literally is the thing that's everything that is today. These modeling amps. It started it all. Yeah, it started it all. Like this was the idea uh, because, because you know, and Digitech did experiment with the idea. You know, Digitech had things where it's like, okay, this is a Seldano amp and this is, you know, Steve Eyes tone amp and stuff. But man, it's like Line 6 really drove that logic home. You know what I mean? Uh, and to me, and, uh, you know, again, not to ever offend anyone, but 
sometimes you do. I, to this day, don't hear anything anyone says. When an amp, when those model of things go, this is a Mesa Boogie and this is a Marshall and this is this, I don't hear a Mesa Boogie or Marshall. I hear tonalities that lend themselves to sound like those amps. Yeah. Um, you know, EQ settings and stuff. So to me, when somebody says, oh, yeah, this is the Mesa Boogie, this is the Matchless, this is the Vox, to me, it's like when you, you know, remember when your first time, uh, I don't know if you ever had one, but the first time I ever got a car and all of a sudden I noticed the stereo didn't have EQ anymore. It had settings <laughs> yeah. like jazz, rock, blues, pop, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, that's the, okay, that's the setting for rock. You know what I mean? And you would just do that. To me, that's what these modeling amps are. It's a setting of EQ. It's like, oh, this is the Mesa setting. This is the Marshall setting. And it gets you there, but it's never the same. You know what I mean? It's never the same if you match them up side by side with that amp. Yeah, and so that's, just, that's what it is for me. <laughs> so there you go. But you know what? Maybe I'll spend more time with it and change my mind. And you never know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, uh, 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 Bellend is agreeing with you, man. The Line 6 Pocket Pod is amazing. Still use it every day. Yeah, yeah, that's what I use. Uh, if I go anywhere, I take that with me. Uh, it's an old model, too. But, you know, it works great. It does its function. It sounds good, too. Yeah. Oh, I, like I said, there's, I, like I said, I, I agree. I, like I said, I've always been a Line Six fan for the to, to some extent. You know what I mean? I still like the GT25. I regret. That's why. You know what? Well, I never say it, but when people ask me about amps, I get rid of regret. GT25 is definitely in there. So, um, what else? Okay, uh, let's look for a question. You know, uh, Bella Chi says, I bought the Line 6 Pod after a recent Andertons video comparing it to the modern rig. I saw that same video, Bella. That's why I said I'm actually concerned because when I watched the video, Andertons did this thing where they took like the Kemper and they took uh, something else and they took the old pod. And the to me, the pod sounded the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, even I think Lee Anderton was saying, oh, I think I'm liking the pod. So um so yeah, uh, oh, Tim's farmer still got the DT50. See, it's a great amp. You know what I mean? And for the price point, well, that's a thing too. Is it, it sounds good for the price? Yep, I still and see uh, Burton fifty five six nine one one says line six M five. I still have my line six M five. It's in the hallway right now, but <laughs> it's in the cabinet. But but still have it. And I use it. Uh, I'm amazed bit. you actually remember where every pedal's at. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's horrible. Um, the Zim's guitar said TC Electronics Petrucci modeler pedal. That pedal, if I'm not mistaken, models uh, just uh, like a, a modulation effect. So it's and somebody who has it clarify for me. Uh, my understanding is it's like the chorus flanger phaser tremolo. Like it's a it's a modulation type effect pedal. It doesn't model like amp sounds or distortions. Um, never tried it. You know, it's always looked so super cool. Um, you know, you know, what's funny was the first time Line 6 asked me to review some stuff, uh, the first thing I thought of was like, I probably should ask them to see if they'll give me that Petrucci thing to check out. And um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I, I backed out. I chickened out. I was like, ah, you know, you, you never want to ask for too much. You know what I mean? You don't want to take advantage of a situation. Um, let's see. Yeah, see, an idea of saying the Helix is on a whole other level. It's component modeling. So again, that's why I'm spending some time with it. Like I said, I've had a good first impression with it right off the bat. I'm enjoying it. I've even been programming a little bit. It's been good. Uh, uh, 
Hmm. Um, all right. So there's a couple questions. I want to get to a bunch of them. Hold on a second. You guys. It, and I want to also think, hold on. I got to do a quick thank you. Hold on. Because there was a super chat and he just said, it just wanted, it was Craig. Craig just said, cheers. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate that, man. Cheers to you, Craig. Cheers to you. Um, and you know what? I feel horrible because pirate it's pirate. Pyrocent Music sent us a thing before, did a super chat before, and I messed up their name then, remember? And they told me yeah. how to say it, and I still can't say it right. Uh, so it says, good batteries to power three pedals on the go. Good mini pedals for busking acoustic. Love the show. You know what, man? I, I'll tell you what I use, uh, without a doubt. I use three different batteries uh, for uh, my pedals. I use the Sanyo Pedal Juice, because I bought that one of the first ones. Still have it. Still running it. Love it. Uh, I have the Big Joe uh, battery power supply. Still have it. Still love it. Use it all the time. And now I have uh, uh, the Warwick sent me one, uh, the rock bag or rock case one, and it seems pretty cool. It, it's as good as the others. But uh, if you watch the video I did a few months ago, I'll put it in the link in the description. There's a guy who makes thing called the Bird Cord, which converts five volts to nine volts, and you can use your, you know, one of those uh, batteries for your cell phone okay. to power pedals. You know what? That's the way to go. Nine bucks. You get that cable. Maybe it's 19 bucks. I don't know. Somebody, somebody probably knows in the comments, you know, unfortunately I didn't buy mine. They gave it to me. Um, but, uh, absolutely love that cable. Love it for, for what you're talking about for busking, for doing acoustic, for having a portable power. I use it now. So, you know, I, I use that to use my, uh, you know, cause you can buy real on Amazon. You can buy for like 20 bucks, a really nice, like 3,500, 5,000 milliamp battery yeah. for your cell phones. You plug that cable in there. I put a daisy chain off of it. You plug eight pedals. I power my Roland uh, Mini Cube with it. Uh, so instead of buying uh, uh, batteries. In today's day and age, I I'm like, every time I get product that has uh, nine volt batteries and, and double A's and stuff, it's like, it's a sigh. It's, you know, to me, you know, 10 years ago, it was like you never saw C batteries and D batteries anymore. Now when I see nine volts and A's, I'm, and, and I'm like, this is just dumb. Right. It all should just become rechargeable at some point. Yeah. Um, I do like the Big Joe pedal, the Big Joe battery pack. Yes. So, yes. So, there you go. All right. What else do we got? Um, uh, Phil Bradshaw, I haven't tried. He wanted to know if I tried the Boss DA2 adaptive distortion. I have not tried that. Uh, there's something. Uh, it's definitely a cool pro product, but I haven't tried it yet. Okay. There is another one from Sarang. Hey, Sarang, how's it going, man? Says, hey, guys, uh, thoughts on the Digitech freakout? Um, my currency is ru uh, rupees. Oh, um, mentioning since you were wondering last week. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so so that's what we're talking about. Like, so it says 100 uh, rupees. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what that equates to in the U.S., but it's funny. I get to see later <laughs> when it converts it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't tried the Digitech freakout. Um but the good news is lately, it seems like uh, companies have been uh, really reaching out to me like crazy, uh, more than I've ever seen companies reach out to me before. I'm looking at the freak out, by the way, at the same time that I'm talking. Uh, it's, uh, it is, I'm trying to see what it is. Hold on. We're going to screen share this real quick because uh, it's so strange that I thought it would be worth checking out. All right. What do we got? This is it, guys. The freakout natural feedback creator. Oh, 
Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of feedback. Um, I usually get it from my amps. Uh, so I'd be curious to check this out. Uh, especially I can see, you know, you know, this is probably a product that has a, a life now because of the fact that in your monitors and stuff, you know what I mean? You, you're not getting speaker movement. You're not getting the sonic frequencies through the air. So you don't get the feedback. Um, but very cool. But back to, um, hold on, let me go back to it so we can hit his question. Um, haven't tried it, but like I said, companies are, uh, been reaching out like crazy. Unfortunately, one thing about Digitech is they fired everybody. Did you know that? I think I heard about it. Um, I've never been a huge Digitech fan, so when I kind of heard about everything, I was like, eh. Yeah, I mean, I, my understanding is nobody's running Digitech. But, hey, if Digitech's watching, chime in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say something. Uh, but it feels like uh, all of a sudden nobody's, nobody's, uh, nobody's, you know, nobody's there. Yeah. So, okay, what else do we got? Uh, E.R. Webster says, first, uh, your how-to videos have seriously uh, upped my game when it comes to maintaining my instruments. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for, for letting me know that. Questions. What do you think of the Schechter Apocalypse? pickups uh i love their texture under high gain um you know what's funny is let's take a look again sometimes when you guys mention products i know the names or i know the way they look okay so this is if i'm not mistaking those pickups i go to images so it's is it there oh yeah yeah so there's the ones i haven't tried them I'm really curious about them though, because they're in the C7 Apocalypse guitar, right? As you know, uh, especially I think Ralph too. I'm a huge Schecter fan. Yeah, yeah. I so uh, you I know mean, nothing, nothing wrong with Schecter on, on any level. The the as you know, because you guys know I, I like PRS too, but I like Schecter as much as PRS. I, I just do. I just wish Schecter had sometimes more colors to choose from. And I think they've gotten better of that over the years. No, adding the color variation, not just doing black, white, and red. Yeah, forever, forever. You guys gotta understand, because we, you know, we used to sell a lot of Schecters. Forever, Schecters were black, yeah. red, and and white. That was it. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the names. I had to go up to the Schecter booth. I think it was the president of Schecter, because our our rep had goes goes everything you told me, tell him. And I felt kind of bad because I hammered the guy, and I think we were you know the top or one of the top sellers of Schecters in the nation. And I had to tell him, I go, look, the problem is, is isn't the fact that we can't sell Schecter's is we only got three colors to choose from. Right. So that, that kind of limits everything. And I, I talked for about like 10 minutes, kind of told him the perspective from what we had in the store and uh, nothing changed after that. Anyways. Right. <laughs> I think it was like two or three years later down the road is when they, they kind of gave a little bit more color variations. But I, I just remember doing all that. And after I remember after hounding the guy, I was like, Hey, do I get free passes to go see Papa Roach anyways? Right. <laughs> and then Kevin Paul says, wow, you have a church going. People are sending money. What a racket. Well, Kevin, you know, you don't have to pay. Obviously this is no. free. You're watching for free. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the beautiful part about YouTube is I, I make content and you get to watch it for free. Um, you know, my 20 years of repair experience, I put it out there for free for you guys. Some people like to show, you know, buy a shirt, uh, throw a tip just like if it was a tip jar if you're an artist i i understand how you could feel that way um you know you're not required to do anything so so i understand um but i will say i don't really feel a whole lot of guilt this morning i gave another guitar away to veterans for guitars uh, and i'll be talking about that uh so i mean i'm almost averaging 
one guitar every other month for charities and stuff. So, I mean, I, that's how communities work. You help communities out. People help the channel. I put, I push it on forward. So that's how it goes. But again, I understand if you don't uh, like it, but um, I'm also not dumb enough to block people from sending me a dollar. <laughs> so especially since uh, YouTube, unfortunately is a break even game in the end. Uh, okay. So uh, what else we got? It says, uh, Emilio says, Hey, Phil, if you come to the UK, would you uh, do a fan meetup? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the thing I'm doing now, that's the whole restring thing. Uh, when I did the restring event, that is in the idea is that if I ever go anywhere ever again, whether I go to Maryland or if I go to you know Germany again or, or UK or wherever I go, I want to be able to do meetups like what you know YouTubers do meetups, but I want to do what we did, which is, hey, I'm going to be in town. You have a store. Can I do a meetup there? I will... Uh, do some restrings and services because you know what the the day uh, and those of you who were there at the event again thank you for coming out uh, that day we did we yeah. worked the ten hours straight we that's what we did we talked to people right yeah uh, and even not even a restring even a hey let's just check out the guitar go through it right you now just doing that you now getting FaceTime with people. Yeah, uh, checking out a bunch of cool guitars. Yeah, right. I mean, what's cooler than you know? And I, you know, I'll tell you this for 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 me and Ralph. This is the the secret uh, sauce for us. The best part of the event was you guys bringing your guitars. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the best way to start a conversation. Is like, hey, here's my guitar, and we're like, oh, cool. What? You know what I mean, and we can talk about it. We've we've restrung enough guitars over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not doing. Yeah, we didn't do the restring event. <laughs> like, we, hey, it'd be really cool if we did what we did before and just restring a bunch of guitars. You know what's nice too? I'd like to point out something. You know, that was a lot of guitars we restringed that day. Mm -hmm. Here's what hit me two days ago out of nowhere. Neither one of us hurt ourselves. I thought you cut yourself. Nope, I, I did you not. Yourself. Nope, I did not. So what's funny is, is I thought for sure, um, so you guys don't know, if you were at the restring event, you may sit on the counter. There was this obnoxious bottle, this big, like two liter bottle of Perel <laughs> that my wife made me take, <laughs> right? Because she was convinced I was going to get, you know, like stabbed. <laughs> something was going to happen, right? I have a technic shot on it, so I'm good. But you get the idea. So <laughs> so to clean my hands. And I thought for sure, I because... It's a very, uh, it's kind of gross, but I, I promise we'll, we'll skip over <laughs> it quick. Uh, if you've ever had, if you ever worked on guitars and you ever poked yourself, it, it, it stings for a second. It's not a big deal, right? You just, you just deal with it, but it's an odd thing because you, you don't want to bleed in front of people, right? So you have to like, it's kind of rude. Yeah. You have to kind of clean it up and make sure, I mean, just like if you, you know, if you're working a kitchen and you cut yourself, yeah. you, you know, there's a sanitary issue that you have to be aware of. Uh, so I'm very in tune to the fact that we can. Yeah hurt ourselves and we have to be able to clean it up and and continue on so i was just excited about the fact that you know no, nothing like that happened um well i also think the purell was good for her because like nam every year no the first year you went to nam you came back sick and we learned after that to bring hand sanitizer because you know you're touching everything and moving around and yeah, at the NAM shows, what I do, which is what I give you every year, yeah. I give everybody that goes, man. If you if you know me and you're gonna bump into the show, I'll give you one. I carry these hand sanitizers that are on these belt loops, and you loop them through your belt, and so it's like a cartridge. You just reach under and <laughs> squirt it in your hand. And so you guys, when you guys high five me, don't ever take it personal. I will literally <laughs> high five somebody, and before my hand swings out, I've already like squirted <laughs> hand sanitizer in there. Uh, it, it happened on the last time we were at NAM. Like, yeah. People were looking kind of funny at you. I'm yeah, like, they'll yeah, like, you, it's, yeah. It's not against you. It's, <laughs> because I sometimes your brain your brain doesn't 
you know, it doesn't process the way it should. So what happens yeah. is sometimes I'll shake somebody's hand or high five or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I don't realize that while they're still talking to me, I'm like, <laughs> and it kind of, kind of looks weird. Like, like see you germaphobe. Yeah. Wait, you a germaphobe, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta watch that stuff. Um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> so let's catch up. We're, so if you guys ever go to NAM or go to a convention, always, a. Uh... Yeah, it's a little tip, right? Yeah. Hand sanitizer. Oh, hand sanitizers is the key. Uh, they, uh, there you go. Um, all right, what do we got? Uh, so I'm jumping around some questions. I want to try to find a couple of good ones, and then we'll hit some of the super chat ones as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, see anything good? I'm looking. There's I know so there was. Uh, I think it was from Andrew. He wanted to know about the music man behind me. Oh, okay. What do you guys want to know? I'm reviewing it this week, uh, if that helps. Uh, the it's kind of a it's kind of a, 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 a I'm kind of scared to tell you guys because I don't want to ruin the video. But uh, Demargio, I'm gonna ruin it. Demargio sent me some pickups. They gave me some pickups. They're really nice pickups. I didn't have a guitar to put them in. This went on for months and months. <laughs> I felt horrible that I never did a video and put them in anything. And the pickups were so nice. I feel like they have to go into something nice. nice. Um, because I was afraid to shove them in something that I wouldn't play. And so I bought that guitar. Um, the video is literally called the most expensive free pickups I've ever got. Um, which, uh, Ralph understands, uh, the same pain of that. He had the, uh, same issue happen to him once. I'll tell the story, uh, even though it's Ralph's story, um, and he can finish it. But so, you know, one day when the Seymour Duncan rep was in the store, uh, what did you ask him? Something about Scott Ian, right? No, oh, we were doing the pickup order and we were kind of going, hey, am I forgetting anything? And we, I were thinking I rattled off some pickups. We're like, no, that's all on orders. I go, what about the El Diablo? Which is the Scott. Okay, so the El Diablo, for you guys that don't know, it's a pickup made by Seymour Duncan that was put into the Scott Ian from Anthrax guitar. His, his Washburn signature guitar. His Washburn signature guitar. So Ralph decides on his own, because Ralph usually doesn't do the ordering, to put it on the order. Hold, hold on. No, no, no. <laughs> the truth was you and uh, the rep didn't believe me that this was a real pickup. This is And we true. had to look it up. And I think it was the following Monday he had called you. He goes, yeah, this is a real pickup. We can do this. And you were like, well, Ralph wanted it. So, all right, put it on the order. R right. <laughs> so what happened was the pickup showed up. I gave him his pickup. No, I got a call from you first. Oh, I did get the call. Yeah, because so. I remember I was at work, and I get a call in the middle of the day, and Phil's like, hey, your pickup is in. I was like, what pickup? He goes, that's Scotty and El Diablo. I go, okay, that's cool. He goes, by the way, you owe me $204. Yeah, that was the cost on it, $204. So um, so what was worse was he had to buy the pickup because there was no way we could sell it. <laughs> no. And on top of that. I think retail on that was like 260, 250. Yeah. And then he didn't have a guitar because he didn't know what he was. He didn't have, he yeah. didn't, he, so he didn't have a guitar to put it in. So he had to buy a Charvel to put yeah. it in. Well, he didn't have to buy a Charvel, but he bought a Charvel. I yeah. bought the Charvel, put in the Charvel. Then I had to have uh, our buddy make us, make me a new pickguard. Oh yeah, Phil did that. Because the pickup was physically bigger than a normal pickup. Yes. So yeah, so that, that, $204 pickup cost me a Charvel. Uh, Joe Watson wants to know, how's your SG, man? Uh, it's good, except for with all the high humidity, I get to polish the frets. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to play and it was bad. It was uh, like, uh, they were like sandpaper. That's easy enough to do. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, not too difficult, but yeah, no, it's good. It's great. Sounds like ACDC. Nothing wrong with that. 
And then there's a couple questions here. Uh, so that was Joseph that says, nice, Ernie Ball, Petrucci, which pickups did you install? I'm looking to swap out the pickups in mine. Yeah, I. so the pickups I put in there are um, the, I, I, I don't know. Hold on a second. This is horrible. Uh, they're the new, you know what? Uh, I'm grab it. Yeah, we grab it. This is horrible. Like, like I said, please understand. Like, I, I mean, it was a, it was a gift. Uh, the DiMargio sent the pickups. These are the pickups. I, I think they're uh, amazing. They're aluminum. They're cut out of aluminum. Um, the, uh, the, the covers, what happened was, uh, DiMargio just liked a couple videos I did and they sent me an email and they said, Hey, we like, you know, your videos. We like that you've shown us support and, uh, we'd like to send you some of these pickups. I happened to mention, mention in one of the videos that I thought the pickups sounded fantastic, uh, in the guitar I reviewed. And they were like, that was another reason for the pickups. Um, so, uh, those are them. And I do like them more than the stock, uh, pickups. So there you go. The other thing is, uh, Okay, so Hannah has got a question. It says, if you build a custom guitar that needs to cover Strat Tele Les Paul sounds as close as possible, what would you put in it? Uh, you know, every you know, there's a lot of great pickup sounds in there for that. But for me, I, that's why I play uh, Strats with um, and with humbuckers. So to me, if I want a guitar that's going to give me everything, uh, I get a uh, a Strat with uh, humbuckers. But here's the deal. The humbuckers are the Les Paul sound. That's easy, right? The Strat is a coil split. Yep. Pop that up. To get the Tele sound gets a little trickier. That's going to be voiced in the pickups. You'd be aware of that. But also, the other thing is, a lot of guitars don't have the option to have two single coils at the same time, you know, if you have two humbuckers. So I like to have it set up to where I can go to two single coils because that's one of the things I like about Tele. You have a bridge, the two, the two pickups, the outer two, and then the forward position. So that's something to think about. That's how I do that on my guitars. Um, all my guitars, so you know, um, I'm looking at them right now. Little little thing, little tidbit. I don't know if it ever came up before. All my guitars are wired. That humbuckers are wired. The three, if they're on a three-way switch, humbucker bridge in the middle position. They're two single coils, not two humbuckers, and then the neck pickup is a humbucker. Uh, and then if I coil split, if I have a coil split switch, it only activates this the neck pickup. That is how I do all my my guitars. They've been like that forever um, because I like the two single coil like Tele kind of sound for funk and stuff. Okay, and I don't really need the two humbucker sound. So the, I just use a super switch and it just does it that way. It's perfect. So all my guitars, when you see me, that's why it gets a little tricky sometimes in my in my uh, in my uh, demonstration videos. You know, people will say things about my switch. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't leave things stock. I wire it because I really like the humbucker, two single coils and humbucker sitting. So um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Music Man, whatever, where it is, that blue Music Man over there uh, is wired up that way as well. So there you go. All right. Um, the other question is the, okay, so Jonathan's got a tough question, man. This is tough. I don't know if you know the answer to this one, Ralph. I'll give my best shot. It says, what's the major difference between a GT12 and a V30? Those are Celestians. What I can tell you is I have both those speakers. I prefer vintage 30s. That's what I prefer of the two. Um, there's going to be other inputs on that too. But um, to me, the GT12s are more, and some people are going to probably have the exact opposite experience, but my experience is they're, they're really in the highs. There's a lot of fizz and there's a lot of low end. And the vintage 30s are actually known for that too. But for me, the vintage 30s have more of the mids uh, for me. 
so, so something to, to think about. But what I like on videos like this is it would be awesome if you guys who have experienced the two pickups could also chime in with your thoughts on that too. Because the only thing cooler that is to hear somebody's opinion is to hear a couple people's reference of it. Um, and, and Jonathan, if that helps, I don't dislike the GT 12s. As you heard me say earlier, I have some of them. There are some amps, um, that, that I have to have them. I believe my Archon combo has them. Uh, I don't think I've, I switched it to a vintage 30, but, uh, I prefer vintage 30s. And also, um, this is another thing too. And this is kind of an important thing to speak, uh, speak about when you're talking about speakers. Um, Sometimes speakers are about familiarity. For me, vintage 30s, I've been using them for so long. It's kind of like a tube screamer. It's like home. It's what you know. Yeah, it's what you know. So uh, so that's sometimes I, I think I've said this before in a video. Uh, sometimes I use vintage 30s. It has nothing to do with actually liking them. It just has to do with it's comfortable. It's where you've been. It's what you know about. Yeah. Well, for me, what's nice is uh, if I put them in an amplifier or in a cabinet and I use the amplifier with them, it's like, um, what do you call it? I know what the speaker sounds like. So from that, I know what the amp sounds like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. I've also seen, like, you know, I've seen people struggle with it. Like, oh, I'm going to put this speaker into this cabinet because it's going to should sound like this. And then it doesn't. So I also think, you know, not just you know, with speaker, what kind of cabinet is it going into? Yes. I yeah, absolutely agree. Um. Okay, so uh, oh, I don't want to do these out of order. Uh, okay, K HK says, hey, Phil and Ralph, any pedals incorporate delay and reverb in one compact pedal? Uh, I like to check uh, what's out there. Ooh, compact pedal, that's the tricky one. I was going to say the Keeley. Uh, Ralph's not a pedal guy. Yeah. <laughs> so pedal questions will never work. No, I'm like, you know, metal zone. I'm like, put a metal yeah. zone in there with a digital delay. You're good. That's all you need. So here's the question. How many pedals do you own? A metal zone. Do you have a metal zone? I do. I still have my metal zone. A digital delay. Which digital delay? Uh, Boss. DD. Whatever. Seven? Seven. Okay. Uh, trying to think. My Crybaby Wall. Okay. I'm going to count that as a pedal still. Yeah, that counts. Of course. I think I have a chorus pedal. Yeah, that's about it. And you have a Nathan East, East Parametric EQ pedal. Yeah, I know because I have it. Yeah, and a bass overdrive. And a bass overdrive. Yeah. yeah, so he's not a pedal guy. Yeah, that's. Um. So yeah. So, uh, but for me, uh, pedal and delay in one. I like Keeley's uh, pedal that has delay in one. The Wampler makes one as well. That's uh, I've heard is pretty good. I've never tried it, but uh, the Keeley one I have tried and it's amazing. Uh, so. There, there you go. For me, I just use different uh, reverbs and delays. You know what I mean? I don't use an all-in-one pedal, although I, I love the idea of an all-in-one reverb and delay. Okay, so. Oh, I like this guy. What guy? Says, Eddie says, hey, Phil, I'm starting to a Stray Cats tribute, and I'm trying to decide between a $3,000 Setzer signature and a $900 Gretsch G-Series in the input. Uh, well, I've owned both. And, and I've picked it out because we've discussed this for years. For years. Uh, so what's your verdict? $3,000 Gretsch or the $900 the one? The $900 Gretsch. Yeah, that's where I landed, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. The Setzer is nice. It's a gorgeous guitar. Yep. It absolutely. plays great. Yep. But the $900 Gretsch? Yes. Definitely worth it, worth the price. 
So here's what's funny about this, Eddie, and maybe it'll help you. Ralph came to that conclusion many years ago. Messing with the Gretches, he just decided yeah. out of nowhere he bought one of the electromatic uh, Gretches, yep. right? And um, that's where he landed. Me, I ended up owning about six Gretches over time, three Setzers, by the way. And you know what happened was they were they were all amazing. There was not a single Gretch, a Japanese-made, you know, high-end Gretch that I ever had an issue with. It was exactly what you see behind you right now. I would play that electromatic. Well, whatever. You get it. It's blue. <laughs> and I would play it. And I could tell, I could tell the Japanese one was better. There was no question in my mind that the, the Japanese Gretsch is better. The problem was it was, for lack of a, you know, a, a, a physical way to explain it any other way, it's, it was 20% better, but it was 80% more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, you know what I mean? It was like, it didn't, it didn't equate correctly. So, uh, so here's that, that's where I landed, but, uh, you know, you got to discover it on your own, but I, I really, but I think it's a real testament to how well made the, the electromatic and the G series, uh, Gretches are They're They're tough to beat. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, and to be honest with you, no one cares except for the other musicians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's and up especially to you. you had that Sigma before because it used to say electromatic down the on the headstock. Yes, but now it doesn't. Yes. So unless you unless it's another Gretsch player, yes, they will never know the difference. So here's the funny part. I I I agree with him 100. One of the things that held me back from electromatic guitars before was they used to say electromatic on the headstock, and I used to hate that. And then they took it off. The new ones don't say that. And the G-series don't disclose either. No, they, none of the yeah. lower series uh, ex disclose that they're the lower series now. The only thing they do is the headstocks are painted a different color. The other thing is, is that I honestly believe this. You could take the electromatic that I have, which I've never done this to it, but you could put TV Jones in it and a, and a more expensive, uh, more accurate Bigsby, not the licensed copy. And, man, that's a tough guitar to beat. It's tough. So again, if you're comfortable, uh, you know, buying a $3,000 guitar, I say do it. But if you're having an issue detecting a quality difference, well, we were there with you, man. Yeah. Um, that's just how it goes. There is, what else we got? Uh, oh, that jumped around for a second. Okay. Oh, Van, great question. Hey, Phil, have you ever noticed EQ differences on the same amp, but in different volume levels? Absolutely. Um, we've noted, we both noticed yeah. that. Um, so, you know, one thing that you realize when you're dealing with amps, especially tube amps, man, tube amps are the biggest culprit of this. There is, no matter how well they manufacture an amp, how consistent, you, there's just, the amps are slightly different. And I've experienced that. Like I've experienced where you can set all the settings the same on two amps, but they sound slightly different. Um, and that's just probably components. Sometimes they change out components. That's why there's descriptions on the bottom, bottom of every catalog and website that says they have the right to change, uh, you know, specifications without any notice or disclosure. So that happens. So uh, yeah, so you're not crazy if you're hearing that. It's <laughs> basically it. But you know what it is? I've never noticed enough to like, wow, this amp sounds great and this sounds you know bad. Yeah. It was just weird. Like we would detect that would be slightly different. Um, let's see. Oh, Cheddar's got to go. Sorry, Cheddar. So uh, see you next 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 show. Um, 
Kendi Scott, the Black Star Fly 3. Thanks for the awesome recommendation. Love your show. Yeah, I still love. Oh, I'm loud because I'm probably by the mic. Still love and play my thing. And you know what's you know what I love about this amp the most besides it sounds fantastic? Um, is that I haven't changed the battery in like a year and a half. Look at that. It just sits here on, and this is, I plug into it real right. fast and I, I this this is still great. This is so great. I'll tell you how great this is. <laughs> this is so great that I keep telling every company no. All these little plastic guys, they'll mm -hmm. send me a thing. Hey, you want to review this? No, you're not going to beat this. This guy, the Black Star guys nailed this. The only complaint, which I wish I would have said in the video, but I didn't know. The, the dumbest thing about this amp is the DC plug-in is preparatory. Yeah, that is kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, it's it's horrible. Black Star, you know what that I, you know what it makes me almost want to not recommend it. Think good, you know Black Star. I'll, I'll tell you because of stuff like that. What happens is the first time somebody makes one as good as yours, I'm jumping ship. But hasn't happened yet, so it's been a while. So you guys get to because I hate I it, it doesn't come with a power supply. You got to buy theirs, and it's not special. It's nine volts. Right, the proprietary, but it's like the, yeah, it's a proprietary shape. You know what I mean? Whatever size, so it doesn't fit. I'm like, oh, it's, it's dumb. Anyways, uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jake wants to know. Curious to know how often I work on bass guitars. Will we ever see bass sharp in my axe? Uh, bass sharp in my axe is coming. Uh, it is. There's acoustic sharp in my axe and bass uh, sharp in my axe. Uh, that is coming. Uh, in fact, uh, there's no guarantee. There is supposed to be a Sharper Max finished editing if I get it done tomorrow, next week. If it doesn't get done, it's the following week. But there is one. It's in editing. I got to edit it up. The the As silly as it is, the videos I make, I, I spend more time editing them than I do making them. So a lot of times when you hear me say, oh, yeah, I have this video done, it's because I filmed it. It's just editing. Um, and and you know, speaking of you know this, uh, the patrons—that's what they get to see a lot of time. They probably see it more than anybody else. You know uh, that um, that Metal Zone video I did. I did five versions of that video, and the patrons actually got to see three versions of it. They understand uh, what I'm talking about. How many times I actually re-edit something because I'm trying to get the feeling right and the information right. I don't know. Just trying to—I'm trying to be proud of my work. That's all. Trying to make something I, I enjoy, and I hope you guys do enjoy as well. Um. Okay, on that note, let's let's make sure we're not missing other questions as well. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Hanner says, "How about a difference in different wirings video?" Yeah, the 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 different wirings video, the the repair videos are all taken care of now. <laughs> uh, there won't be any more issues repair videos because of something that's going to happen soon. I'm going to be. Uh, there's going to be more than enough uh, Phil McKnight repair videos. And uh, now when I say soon, I mean by October, by October, there won't be, I, I mean, you'll still, I'll still be having videos that you guys want me to make, but I, I promise you uh, an inventory of videos that will just, uh, uh, you know, see. Uh, uh, I'm only going to answer because he's like, I get you guys when you answer the question over and over again, it says exterminate, uh, Christians. Well, okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, that's his sign on. Anyways, uh, it says, uh, seen this ask a uh, hundred times uh, without response. Did you get your Galvin guitar? The Galvin guitar, how that ended up going down was, uh, you know, uh, William uh, was trying to finish the guitar 
for me. I personally, again, reached out to him again and said, don't worry about it. Um, and, uh, that's where it lied. Like I said, it's, it has nothing's changed since the last interaction I've had with William, uh, which was, uh, don't worry about it. I even put a public notice on his, one of his videos. Somebody was giving him a hard time about it. And I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm not upset about it. Uh, there is no issue, right? There's no bad blood with him and me and there's no issues at, at all. Uh, I wish him all the best. And, and I hope, you know, that he, he's able to continue to do what he, you know, guitars and do what he loves. You know, the, the this is a hard industry, man. That, you know, sometimes people miss out on this. I think that's what people, people maybe don't understand. I've been in this industry for 15 years, right? Yeah. Ralph as well. Um, you know, it, it's 60 hours a week to make a nickel in this industry. Um, and unfortunately, it, it kills a lot of people. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Because it's a passion industry. You know what I mean? It's, it's not it, a lot of people come into this industry and with the hopes that they, they have this such great passion. They want to do something with it. And then if they could just make a living doing it, then they can spend all day doing what they love. And who doesn't hate that idea, right? Isn't that the dream to do something you love to do all day? Um, but the reality is, uh, Ooh, it's a tough business. Like a lot of businesses are tough. I'm not excusing any other businesses and saying they're easier. I'm just saying this, this, this business eats and chews up a lot of people. Yeah, it's so, a, it's, it's, and it's a tough business in a small market. Yeah. And then last on the William thing, and maybe that'll kind of help everybody if, you know, that's curious about that situation. Here's the deal. He's, he, he's done everything he can do to do what he's trying to do. Does it make sense? Um, uh, you know, he's out there. He's, he's not, he's, he's working it. And that's why I, you understand I've been in this business. I've made guitars. I've sold guitars. I do YouTube now. You know what I mean? I do, I, I, I obviously work with other companies this week alone. I work with four companies uh, you know what I mean? Uh, in, in an action, you know, for commission. And, uh, the reality is, uh, it's tough. It's tough business. Uh, any of you guys thinking about getting into it, I could say, I can honestly tell you, it's amazing. You should, you'll love it. It's awesome. You'll work all the time <laughs> and it might not work out for you. And that's something you have to take into consideration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, the, the, it's just the reality. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where that is with that. Uh, you know, what I told him also is if he ever did make it, or if he wanted to send me one, I would review it. And then I'd like to do something with it, you know, maybe do some promotion with it or something. But again, that's all that was in conjunction with the statement. Like I said, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Um, I have guitars, you know what I mean? You know, I don't make a lot of money, but I make enough money to have this collection. So I'm, I'm fine. Um, okay. So anyways, uh, let's go to the next one. So I hope that covers that. Cause I did see it pop up a couple of times. I just, uh, was, you know, there's a lot of comments. I'm trying, I try to get to as many as I can. Uh, what else? Okay. Wait. Uh, okay. D rock says, do you ever think that the unpopularity of rock music has to do with the preoccupation of gear over compositions? Compositions. Do you understand the question? Am I reading it wrong? Do you ever think the unpopularity of rock music has to do with the preoccupation of gear over comp compositions? Well, I don't agree with the statement. If I'm understanding the statement correctly, I don't understand. I don't agree with it. Here's the logic. I love this. It's a statement. Just, you know, everybody's got an opinion. Here's mine. Uh, when people watch a channel like this, this is the gear channel. 
We talk about gear. Yeah. When guys watch a gear, ladies, we all watch gear channel like this. Uh, some people say, hey, instead of talking about gear, you should go practice. I agree with that. I practiced this morning. <laughs> so, you know, I practice two hours a day, every day. Ralph can, right? You know yeah. me for 20 years. I play, man. I, everyone I know, my daughter for breakfast this morning told her friend, my dad always plays guitar, <laughs> right? She's like, she was, you know, complaining. I play all the time. I will literally, if my wife tells me she's running the store for five minutes, I look at that five, I'll dart into a room and start practicing and playing guitar. Um, so I play guitar and I, and I work on what I want to work on. So understand that these conversations I'm having now, and I hope this is for a lot of you out there. And if not, maybe something to think about. I look at like this. When we're here talking about gear, especially on YouTube, this is the same as watching sportscasters talk about sports. It's like you love sports, right? Yeah. This is what I uh, kind of uh, kind of think about. If you love sports, you like playing sports, and you like watching sports, and then you like analyzing sports, right? Yeah. Okay. That's so. So that's how I look at this same arena. I like playing guitar. I like watching guitar players play because I go to concerts all the time, and I like analyzing guitar. Right. That's. That's the fun of it. I just want to talk about guitar all day to the point where I make everybody crazy. So, because, you know, you guys are great. You're as crazy as me. We're all talking about guitars yeah. on a Saturday. But let me tell you, you know, um, not all, you know, not everybody around me loves guitar all the time. So I understand where your comment is, but I don't think that talking about gear hurts music because I think it's, it's and. I don't think it's or. I don't think it's like people talk about pedals and then they don't play music. I think people play music. You can only play music for so so long. George Lynch said this great thing to, to us. Remember when he said, he was talking about practicing and he said, sometimes you practice so much you paint yourself in a corner. So the best thing to do is not play at all. Yeah. And I think that um, I think there's a difference between the gear and the music. Now, we've been to shows, been to shows of the people. We were like, hey, what are they playing? Nobody else cared about our conversation. Yes. So I, and I, and cause I just want to kind of see what roadmap do they take to get to that sound? And I don't think it means I'm going to go out and judge them by what gear they used. I was just curious. I'm, I'm curious on how do they get that sound? That's a cool sound. What did they use to get there? Yeah. Right. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love it. You know, it's funny is, and, and again, hopefully some of you are as crazy as me and somebody, hopefully you guys are not as afflicted as me. I like, you know, Ralph will tell you, I'll go to a concert. I love going to music concerts. I'll go to a concert, but I am going to tell you, I'm the first one with my phone out and I'm reading off. Uh, I have a, actually, I should point out before I wrap this out. I have a friend that if I go to, con we go to concert with him, he always has the set list. Like that's his mission. It was Frank. Yeah. Frank always gets the set list. So when we go on the show, he's like, just so you know, they're going to play this, then they're playing this, and they're playing this. Like he always tries, his mission is to figure out what the night, the set list of the night is. While he's doing that, my mission is like, so you know, he's on stage and he's got a PV6505. He's running into, you know what I mean? Because, and then it's like, wait, are you sure it's a 6505? Yeah. And then let's we, look up there. Let's, how close can we get to the stage to make sure? To check it out. I, I, yeah. And not because we care about the gear more than music. It's like, to me, it's like this one big, uh, you know, enchilada, it's, right? Yeah, it's everything. It's it's, it's it's everything that comprises of it. Yeah, it's just fun. I, I, I That's why I love rig rundowns. Not because I like gear, because I love watching musicians and what they use and why. Uh, to me, it's like, I use this analogy all the time. It's like chefs and ingredients. You know, why, why you know, that ingredient and not this ingredient? Um, not because I want to copy or emulate them, because I already know what I'm going to do. 
I just want to see how you did it, how to get there. So yeah, so I, and I understand the concern, um, but I will tell you, uh, uh, D Rocket eighty seven seventy five. One thing that will I will tell you that may uh, maybe understand why you're thinking that way too. One thing I can tell you is there's a ton of musicians that I do meet that are really talented musicians, and they have no understanding of gear. And I, what I mean by that is it doesn't concern them. They don't even care. You know what I mean? I won't say because I don't. I don't want to say this because it was a private conversation. But a, a, a musician just a couple weeks ago was telling me like he's like I don't even know what tubes are in my amp. Like he wouldn't even tell you if yeah. they're you know right. He, he doesn't care because to him he turns the amp on if it sounds good. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's fine. He spent more time practicing than he did about the a gear. And that absolutely. was one thing I noticed that at the store was the guys that could play amazing. Just had no idea anything about gear. They're like, what's this? What does that do? You're like, what's yeah. this about? Now, I will tell you another thing, and this ties into something that me and Ralph can both attest to uh, in the environment we were in. Uh, we both can tell you that there is something that's, and I almost feel like I'm giving you a secret, so you know, but it's, you know, but it's true. Um, the people that went to our store and then signed up for lessons and took lessons, the longer they took lessons, the less gear they bought. The better they got, the less they purchased. It was almost interesting because the business model in your head says, teach people guitar, get them in lessons, and then they buy all the time. And the reality is the, the ones that really took lessons and really took to learning guitar bought less. And the reason is, is because everybody's a collector. I, I, that's my theory. And so sometimes you're collecting pedals and sometimes you're collecting guitars and sometimes you're collecting picks and stuff, but sometimes you're collecting riffs and sometimes you're collecting information. You know what I mean? You can collect anything you can collect. There's nothing wrong with collecting information. Um, you know what I mean? So you could see all of a sudden the mentality going, instead of buying a different pedal every week, I'll learn a different scale every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're still collecting. They just, it just collecting in their head, uh, information. Uh, and, uh, and uh, both cost something, and but the lessons cost less, I think, in the long run. You know what I mean? Than the gear. Um, but, you know, that's just something to think about. If it helps, uh, hopefully. Don't know if that actually answered the question, but. Yeah. <laughs> or we just <laughs> maybe just rambled on for five minutes. It's cool. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, uh, Pyrocent Music says, hey, I think I haven't missed your super chat. So, you know, on the super chats, I'll just say you guys, so you know, super chats, the best thing about them is they're pinned. So I have them in a totally different screen right now. What I'm looking at is different than what you guys are looking at. And so um, I, I I won't miss the super chats. I missed the super chat last week. So, you know, right at the end. And that's a good segue to actually mention that. Uh, the uh, That was from uh, the uh, from J Squared Productions. He last, see, that's what I said. I can't ever miss a super chat. Uh, he says, hey, Phil, love your work. I bought an Epiphone Jazz Box from GFS. I can't identify it. Uh, though, can you help? Uh, and so on that question, um, I I can help, but I need to see it. Uh, I think maybe you need to send me a picture. So uh, please do that to the Ask Know Your Gear crew. Um, the, uh, the, what's nice is I have uh, help now on the Ask Know Your Gear. Uh, and that's a good seg segue for two things, because there's two things that I'm, I'm supposed to mention, and I want to mention them because they're important, because there's people now working the Know Your Gear website, and they're putting in a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. Uh, the new articles, you know, the history of gear up. In fact, I'm going to show you guys, just so you guys know, because this is to help you guys. So again, the whole point of the Know Your Gear website is to build community, right, is to, uh, to improve things. 
Uh, hold on a second. And what I want to show you is this. Uh, you guys out there, I know some of you have channels. Some of you have bands, right? Uh, what I'm going to show you, this is the Know Your Gear website. You can go to it. It's, new, or it's knowyourgear.net uh, uh, because, because it's not a commerce site, right? We're not selling stuff, no, really. It's a network. It's a network. So here you can go to the main page. There's all kinds of stuff. You want to see the pictures of the, you know, of the T-shirts and stuff like that. There's the history of gear. If you click that, we have different articles. Uh, this week was the Metal Zone. Are you in the zone? You know what I mean? These are amazing articles uh, that are written by our own in-house writer. And, um, but... The tab that I want to show you guys is shout outs tab. If you have, uh, you know, a uh, anything that you want to share with me, it's a bulletin board. Send it to Ask Know Your Gear and we'll be updated there. You can, you know, if you have a YouTube page, if you have product, maybe if you have a band, um, you know, we want other musicians. We want everybody in the community to see this stuff. Again, I'm just building a community thing. Um, and uh, that's all. So I thought I'd share that with you guys, especially. Uh, and then that's what's going to help with the Ask Know Your Gear questions. When you send them to me, what happens now is there's people that are reading those questions. So be aware of that because there's even a thing that tells you that. Um, but what's great now is they ask, they, they answer the question. They do a great job. If they can't ask the question or if they feel the question is too personal to me, you know, something directly mm -hmm. towards me, it goes into a queue for me. And they let you know that they got the question and that it was put in the queue. And... And uh, I take, I try to take two, two, two times a week and clear the queue. That's my plan, right? Um, so again, trying to organize this, trying to improve the community, uh, trying to, to uh, connect with you guys, man. That's, that's, that's the whole point of this. That's what's great about this new world. Um, okay, so let me hit another question and then we'll, we'll dig for some super, go into the super chats. But I want to try to find some people that have been putting some great questions out there as well. Um, uh Let's see. Uh, um, <laughs> it, it's like when you need a question, you can't find one. <laughs> Let's see. Um, you know, uh, you know that. So Ad Saul says thoughts on the on the Fender Fleet Active Jazz Bass looks like uh, uh, the most unique Fender signature in a while. I I I, I like it. I've played it. Um, you know, I've always thought Flea has a great tone. You know what I mean? That that to me, it's like Flea's tone is so good that it's almost fake sounding. Like when you hear like Seinfeld, that fake keyboard yeah. slapping tone. It's like when you hear Flea, man, it's so polished and perfect. It's something that he's always mastered. And so, you know, I have a funny story. So Adsel, and that's why I thought this is a good question. Um, this is the funny story. So if you don't know this, Flea for a long time played Modulus. Uh, I've played many Moduluses. I've owned many Modulus over the years. And Moduluses are graphite neck bases, and they're really expensive, and they're really nice. And he's played them. And when he stopped playing them, he started playing Flea bases. And uh, they were really horrible. And, uh, <laughs> and I say that because... We bought what eight? I think it was twelve. Twelve. We bought twelve for our store flea bases. They were so horrible because we were we were like, oh, these are things are gonna be great. So right. We, we were, were like, we were thinking ahead, like we're getting on this bandwagon first. Yep. We know how this is gonna go, and uh, we were wrong. So, but here's why this this is how we know they were horrible. We got them and they were really horrible, and we called them up and said, these are so horrible, they have to go back. And they said, well, then just keep them. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we kept them. We gave a couple away. Uh, we sold a couple disclosed as, you know, we didn't think yeah. they were really great. And then we traded them off to another store too, uh, trying to figure out what to do them because we couldn't even sell them, you yeah. know. Uh, and, you know, it was like, like, in, one of the, like in good conscience, you didn't want to sell. Yeah, them. that was the problem. It was like, you know, you think in the, in the story that I'm telling you, you're like, wow, they gave you 12 guitars, but they gave you 12 crappy guitars. So you have to then sell them, you know what I mean? And so if you're, or, or what, you can't destroy them. And we would fix them up. We fixed them up. But that, th this is why the story connects. When they asked Flea, I, they were asking Flea, I guess, at the NAMM show. And I was there when they were like, hey, you know, uh, are you really going to play these Flea basses on stage? You know, and he says, no. He goes, I'm going to still play my modulus on stay, uh, stage. He says, no, these Flea basses are for the students and for the customers. And, you know, and he goes, and I might play one here and there. And he goes, but I've been using my same jazz bass in the studio of all these years. Um, so when he went to Fender, it was a really interesting thing because... That Fender bass is really the flea tone. You know what I mean? He uses a music man sometimes in the studio, but I guess he said that day, again, I'm going off what he said. He said he's been using the Fender jazz bass for that tone, which is interesting to me because uh, I bought a custom shop modulus flea bass. Remember that crazy one yeah. had? To get his tone, and it was the furthest thing from the sound <laughs> I could get for him and i always and i have a fender jazz bass and i always thought i could get the flea tone out of it so it was for me it was like ah that makes total sense uh so uh so there's there you go um let's go ahead uh and uh presley press just said just because did a super chat i appreciate that you guys i appreciate it like i said don't have to do it uh especially if you have questions and stuff um the uh Josh says, hey, Phil, looking for a good quality Floyd to add to my early 90s uh, Sambora Strat project. Go to uh, 1996 T, Schaller, Lockmaster, or original Floyd. Any recommendations? Uh, the Floyd is going to uh, be top mounted. Yeah, my recommendation is German. Uh, you know, some people are like the old Floyds are better than the new Floyds. Uh, you know, everybody's going to have opinions about this. Some of them, are, I have a really good friend who's a, what I call a Floyd master. He's knows everything about Floyd you could ever know. And, um, and, as, and I would trust his opinion, uh, which is definitely more in, in, involved in, than mine, um, which he's really hardcore about the Floyds and how they're made. But me, my personal experience, if it's made in Germany, it's good. However, I hear good things about some of the higher end Korean ones. But I'm going to tell you, just in my opinion, I've never played a bad German uh, Floyd Rose, even the new ones uh, by Schaller. Uh, so so that's, I think you're fine. Now, I also uh, tell people if you can't buy a nice German Floyd Rose, the very least you should do is buy the, the arm assembly. You can buy just the Floyd arm assembly, the German one, it'll fit better. Uh, and, and that's great. But yeah, so do that. Uh, Jordan says, what do you think of the Hall of Fame mini reverb? It's nice. It's cool. Yeah, of course. I like it. I have the full size right here. I have the full size. You know, it's funny is I have the full size, but I think the mini would probably be better. I thought you had the mini too. I did have the mini. I sold it a oh, while okay. back. And um, you know what happened was uh, I got the the Hall of Fame 2, uh, you know, uh, full size. And so I got rid of the mini, but I kind of wish I had the mini and not the full size now. Because really what it is, I just set it to one thing. I, I, I grab the one sound and go yeah. to it. It, it, it's an it's a nice uh, nice little reverb pedal. Yes, uh, AB036. This is a tough one. It says, "Hey Phil, your thoughts on tube rectifiers and SAG?" Um. So uh, obviously, the question: If you guys don't know what he's talking about, on amplifiers there's solid state rectifiers and there's tube rectifiers. 
you know, a good example is uh, my, uh, I believe my Fender 65 Deluxe has a tube rectifier. Um, I prefer tube rectifiers um, sound-wise, but I don't need them. You know what I mean? A lot of things I think are preferences, right? Like, I think everything's a preference. Well, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, like this does sound better and I would prefer it, but I don't need it. You know what I mean? Uh, and the reason I say that is because that's one thing that happens with the inexpensive tube amps to me is there's inexpensive amps are missing a lot of really important factors that the expensive amps have. But sometimes when I'm playing, I'm like, I don't know, they sound fine. So it just depends on what you're doing. There's a compression that happens with amps that have tube rectifiers that I love, though. But I don't know. And then uh, Pyrocent Music. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong again. Pyrocent, py right? I don't know. If I'm saying it wrong, we'll get it right. Frycent? Isn't it P-Y-N-F? Ah, Frycent? Frycent Music. Again, Arizona Public Schools. I know. It says, hey, Phil, uh, brand new twin reverb. Pop. Pop when turning the vibrato channel. Bad tube. Yep, absolutely. How to fix the, uh, how to fix tube rattle. Uh, I saw foam tube dampener rings. Yeah, that'll help too. Most uh, tube rattle is tubes are by nature junk. You know what I mean? The majority of tubes are just junk. Mm. Uh, in fact, I've seen people and they're like, I got a bad tube and they put another tube in it and they go, oh, it's you know they go something's got to be right wrong with the amp because this tube's bad as well. Um, I physically just preamp tubes, not even talking about the problem with power tubes. I physically bought 10 preamp tubes and literally had all 10 be bad. Have you ever had that? No, I, and isn't a tube amp the only thing that ever still uses a tube? No, you know, tubes are pretty much high end audio and, and amps are pretty much what's left. So but, pretty much amps. Yeah. And, and something to realize about tubes is, you know, uh, maybe you guys don't know this. It's an interesting kind of fun fact for you. You know, you always hear there's only like tube, two, there's only like what, two tube companies or three. The reality is tube companies are about testing tubes. So like, th that's right. The story, there's like three tube manufacturers in the world. They make all the tubes and they send them to companies like Groove Tubes and JJ and Electro Harmonics and, uh, you know, Mesa Boogie and, you know, and each company, what they're selling you is their testing ability, their ability to test tubes and figure out which tubes fit into certain ranges and also the, you know, make sure that the default rate is in line. Um, and I've been told by serious people uh, you know, in the tube section of the industry that I really trust that if I think that the deficiency rate of the tubes that we see are bad, you should see what they're filing through on their end. And that's part of the problem with tube amps. So you know, their tube amps are just a disaster. You know what I mean? Because yeah. tubes, you know, um, uh, I've heard uh, I've heard all kinds of amp builders tell me that tubes will eventually kill tube amps. You know, it's like it won't be digital. It won't be this stuff. You know what I mean? That that wins. It'll just be tube amps. Getting tubes becomes such a problem. Getting good tubes becomes such a problem that this tube amps can't continue on. Um, I, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, I have no reason not to believe the guys yeah. there. I mean, it's what, 70 year old technology that we still use. Yes. Yes. Uh, Troy says, hey, Phil, I have a Boss Heavy Metal 2 pedal from 1984 made in Japan. Have some issues uh, breaking down uh, the level. Can you fix it? Um, you know what? Did you clean it? <laughs> I cleaned that stuff. That's really like uh, you got to. I don't work on pedals at all, so I, I have no idea. 
it's a thing I've kind of stayed away from. There's, in fact, most of the guys I know have built pedals don't want to fix them. That's what's kind of funny. Um, so there you go. Um, another thing that might be interesting here today is I thought it'd be fun to do something fun uh, to thank you guys for coming on a Saturday. Hold on a second. So what I'm going to do is uh, take a second and let's do a giveaway. We've never done that on these shows, on the live shows. Uh, so I thought I'd like to, like to do that. What should, how, how should we do the giveaway? Just pick a random winner or ask them a question. Yeah, we just have everybody make a comment. Then we just randomly pick someone from the comment section. Should it be a question? As uh, long as they comment. As long as there's a comment in there that we can just kind of randomly But how pick. do you scroll and pick it? That'll be tricky. Never done a live drawing before. Um, so, And I'll be honest with you. It was like five minutes before we went on the air. I told Rob, I go, hey, you want to give something away today? We'd be like, um, the, uh, yeah, give away my urge base. Never. Not gonna do it. The answer is false. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Right? What? What? <laughs> I would go right Com there. Comment. Yeah, yeah. The that was comment. it to me. That Random to me, that's comment. the winner. Uh, uh, what's the giveaway? Hold on. Uh, okay, this is not a comment, man. I should have <laughs> thought of this before I started saying stuff. Uh, what am I giving away? Uh, here's what I'd like to give away. I'd like to give away one of the toolkits I, I I reviewed this week, right? One of these. Ta-da! Um, this is one of those cool toolkits that are reviewed. Um. Ta-da! And I thought it'd be fun, right? Uh, because it's something that if you win it, you know, you can work on your guitar and yeah. improve your guitar. Um, so something really cool. And I want to do it to the guys uh, and the gals that are hanging out right now to say thank you. Because I know, you know, obviously on the rebroadcast of this, there's a lot of people that watch rebroadcasts and a lot of you guys downloaded it on iTunes and SoundCloud and that's cool too. But, you know, I want to say thank you to the ones that are crazy enough to hang out on a Saturday. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, hey, it was Saturday at three o'clock East. It was a yeah. Pacific time. Uh so, uh, so there you go. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's really sc scrolling <laughs> fast. Maybe I should make Ralph just pick it. What do you think? Um, what do you think? You want to pick one? Pick yeah, one I'm going to go back up to the original comment that I picked out, which is I don't know where it's at now because I'm uh, a jerk. Oh, yeah, that'd be tough. Well, yeah, who put the original word comment? I don't know. Just to be fun, is it? We'll make it that silly. Yeah, it was. It was the word. Whoever that was got it in there. So Ralph uh, obviously wants to reward well, no. sarcasm. Yeah. No, see, random comment was first. Oh, this, I think this was the one I picked out because it actually just said comment. comment. So is that what you want to go with? I don't know. It's your choice. You pick. You know what? Yeah. Okay, so I'm he, picked, that because, he uh, picked Monica Palermo. Pal uh, yep, Palermo. We're butchering your name, but you know what? You it get, starts you with the P at the end. Yeah, um, you just got a toolkit. So all you do, Monica, is you send an email to uh, either asknowyourgear.com or at gmail.com or the pmcnight7. Uh, it'll, you know, I'll make sure it's linked to when the videos are uploaded or any of my videos have a way to get to me but again ask know your gear at gmail.com yeah. and put uh you know that you're the winner of the thing and we'll get this out to you i'll mail it out to you uh monday or tuesday depending on you know this is the last time i get to pick a winner yeah and this is the last <laughs> time we'll do this but here's the thing the the thing is i want to do more of this kind of stuff uh do giveaways and stuff like that um 
and uh, and uh, we'll we'll keep it fun, right? More tool stuff. Uh, like I said, you're going to be seeing a lot more repair type uh, content on the channel for a lot of reasons, and I wish I could tell you one of them, uh, but unfortunately, I I can't disclose what's going on with repair stuff right now. But I promise it's exciting. Okay, uh, and then uh, we're in the second half of the thing. Let's go ahead and clean up the super chats, and then we'll grab a couple questions, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, Steve Long says, "Hey, Phil and Ralph, I have a Kramer recently replaced the Floyd. Oh, we already did this. Oh no, we no, replaced we didn't. the Floyd with a brass block. Oh. Seems the sustain has diminished. Any suggestions? I literally am going to make my friend nuts right now." Uh, um, so, uh, anyways, I have a friend who's like hardcore about brass blocks and sustain. Um, and, uh, I, I trust him deeply. I've said this before, but I've never heard it. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and when I say never heard it, I don't know what I'm hearing. You know what I mean? So when I put a brass block on a bridge, I don't know if I ever hear anything. Um, yeah, you're told like, oh, because the brass, there's more mass, it yeah. should sustain longer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the science, you know. The science a, is kind of like. Yeah, yeah. When you read it, you're like, okay, it makes more sense. More mass is the way, changes the way it is. But I just, I don't know. So the thing is, is, and you know what? And I, I don't want to say not, I don't hear a difference. Let's just say that it, what I hear is so minimal, I don't understand. You know, if it's worth my time. You know, it's not, it's not even the 30 bucks for the brass block. It's the time to do it. So um, I guess, Steve, if you're saying you really don't, you don't notice it, or have you seen it's diminished? What I can tell you is. Uh, and I said this before, I once put a titanium block on my Strat because I wanted to lighten the weight load on it. Cost 90 bucks. Might have been aluminum. I don't think it was titanium. It was aluminum. It was 90 bucks. And that I noticed. Like the the note, there was a different tonality to the strings. There was a brightness. Uh, I don't know. Something happened. Uh, so... But the good news is you can put it back. You know, I, I have the same problem, so you know, with uh, Paul Reed Smith guitars. Uh, everybody loves the really crazy expensive bridges. I like their cheap SE bridges. I, In fact, I, I I don't know if I've said this here, but I know I've said it like on the Patreon thing. My my expensive core, PRS, I put the cheaper bridge in it. I like it. I like steel over brass. That's, you know what I mean? So there you go. Um, and then Joseph says, Hey, Phil, any experience with Lindy Fralin pickups? I've installed a ton of Lindy Fralin pickups and they are great. Uh, I have not heard a bad one yet in my personal expensive uh, experience. Um, so there you go. Uh, Brian Stewart says, when you started, did you take pro lessons? Did you start with lessons? Uh, no. And I've developed a lot of really bad habits because of it. <laughs> yes. Um, Brian, I started out taking guitar lessons. Um, and the way I took lessons was, you know, you, you, you showed up every week to the store with your $10. It was $10 back then. And you gave them 10 bucks for 30 minutes. And then sometimes my mom and dad, oh, especially, you know, my mom really, sometimes my mom didn't have 10 bucks. So I didn't go that week. So I would go as many times as she would give me the 10 bucks. You know what I mean? It was, you know what I mean? And back in my life, how it worked was you could always tell when it was not a good time to ask the parents. You know what I mean? Like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask for money right now. Um, but I would go as often as I could. However, when I took up bass, then I started taking bass lessons and I got serious about it. So that's what happened. Um, and I became a bass player the same way all bass players become bass player. Uh, I was a failed guitar player. <laughs> uh, literally I wanted to be in a band. They needed a bass player. And, uh, 
I wanted to be in their band. <laughs> so, uh, so I, uh, sold a bunch of guitar gear and, uh, went down the store and traded it, you know, sold it and traded it for a bass rig and a bass amp. Actually, you know, to be honest, I took my bass guitar, I had a bass guitar that was a really cheap one and a PA cause I had a PA. And so I went to, pre uh, to the audition and plugged my bass into my PA. <laughs> I was like, here's my PA. Look, maybe it looks stupid. I don't know. I didn't think about it at the time. I didn't care. Two PA cabinets and a mixer. My bass goes into it. And I just played. And they they're like, yeah, you're hired. And so then I took the 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 PA and the uh, guitar stuff and a guitar amp and down to the store. And I bought a bass amp and a, and a better bass. And that's how I become a bass player. And then uh, the, this is funny how psychology works. Um, when I was in the band, they would they they liked me. Obviously, they, I, I was accepted in the audition. But the psychology was they would tell me all the time that their old bass player was much better, but he moved away. And so it would get under my skin, right? <laughs> because it was always like it was the weirdest compliment to give me. Like, Phil, that sounded great. Remember Jesse? He was so good. And then you'd be like, <laughs> what are they saying? And they would tell me all the time, you know, and so it, it was it was like it just became this thing. So um, I, I started taking lessons and improving. And uh, I don't know. There you go. You know, competition always breeds something. <laughs> so, uh um let's see uh oh mike says hey any experience with the fender aerodyne uh bass um yeah i've played it have you played yeah. the aerodyne yeah are you a fan i did like it it was a cool bass it was uh it was um a little bit differently shaped on the thickness of the body if i'm thinking the right bass right um which messed my head a little bit because i was used to the actual jazz bass but no i like the aerodyne bass a nice bass i thought right. it played good uh i got nothing against it um my thing is i used to when they first came out they came in blue red and black and i thought it'd be cool to get like i think they were using a silver or gray i could be wrong but anyways uh then what happened was uh they only go do black now but you know uh the aerodyne that i've always kind of wanted is but it's only available in japan they make a um they make a 32-inch uh, scale, medium-scale bass. So a lot of you guys know, I play my main jazz bass, but my other basses, my Stu Ham and my Custom Warwick, they're 32-inch scale, which is considered medium-scale bass, something I really like. So I, I would like to get a, a medium-scale aer aerodyne. Uh, so uh, the BC Rich 581 says, Phil, bass amps, yes or no? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I don't use a bass amp anymore. Isn't that funny? I don't use a bass amp ever anymore. Um, I, I try every once in a while to buy another bass amp. I go, um, uh, you know, I got a Phil Jones amp and it crapped out. That really pissed me off. You know, when you buy a $700 little amp that only lasts like a few months, you're like, ah, uh, you know, and the thing that actually got me, got under my skin was when I reached out to them, they said, oh, we already think we know what it is. Send it to us. And I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> Uh, so I hate it when companies like they make a defective product and then they're aware of it. You know what I mean? And then they're like, yeah, we'll fix it for you. And I'm like, well, that's the minimum you can do. You know what I mean? What's yeah. the, well, can you do more than that? Considering I spent uh, premium money. I thought I was buying something better than this. So here's the funny part. Uh, it sits now in my garage rotting and I bought a, uh, I went out that day and I bought a $150 rumble uh, that works just as good. But uh, funny enough, I don't use an amp because I have a preamp. Uh, and I keep it in my backpack uh, or in my gig bag. And when I go jam with people, you just 
Yeah. Plug into that. I mean, no, no one. You, it's like base amps. Just you don't need base amps anymore. They look cool on stage if we're playing out, though. I don't say that. Yes, and you know what? Uh, Reza Reza Khan says try the Main Japan Aerodyne Strats. I thought the Aerodyne Strats were cool too. There's a, you know what? The, this is a thing that you guys got to watch out for. You'll make yourself crazy if you go on and look at the Japanese-made uh, Fender stuff that's not available in the U.S. Look at all the cool stuff. It's all the cool stuff. It is all the cool stuff you would ever want. Yep, and then every once in a while you can find them selling it to you through eBay, but they're not supposed to. <laughs> they're not supposed to send it back to the U.S. or sell it to the U.S. But so. So, um, Slab just did a super chat to say thank you. And Eddie says, can you teach a quick riff every week? Um, you know, that's a good, a good thought. Uh, if I do that, so, you know, if I was to do a, a quick riff every week or if I was to teach anything, I kind of like maybe doing the Instagram format. What do you guys think of that? Because Instagram's like your one minute video. Yeah. And, and Instagram is a funny thing. I, I keep trying to put more content on Instagram. And one thing I like about Instagram is the one minute format. You know what I mean? And it's interesting. So, you know, because there's nothing in it financially, you know I mean? when I make, you know, when you make a couple bucks off making a YouTube video, you make money. But when you put on Instagram, you don't make anything, but that's not the point. The point is I like the format. So maybe, maybe do something like that. You know what? That's a good suggestion, Eddie. I, I like that. Um, so then, you know what? I'm kind of, since we're in bonus time, I'm just going to hit a couple of these because uh, I like I like it when Ralph's here to do these. DJ says 594, the PRS 594, or Les Paul Standard? Which one you go? Go. 594. See, I pick Les Paul Standard. That's because I've never found a Les Paul that I liked. DJ, you should buy the 594, but mine. Because <laughs> 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 I'm going to sell mine. Uh, I love the 594, but I like Les Paul Standard better. So I think the Les Paul's a more iconic guitar. You know what it is for me? It's the neck, man. The the 594 neck's just really thick. And um and you know, I thought about this is kind of funny. Some of the my some of my favorite Les Pauls I've ever owned had the fifties necks, but I don't like the fifties neck. And I got rid of them because I don't like the neck. And then here I am with a five ninety four with the same <laughs> neck. And then I'm like, oh, it sounds so great. I'm like, well, right. So does all the guitars with the thicker necks. Why don't I just go get a Gibson again? But uh 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 you know. The, the, the reality for me is this. I have a really nice, I have two Les Pauls, but I have one really nice Les Paul and I have one really nice 594 from PRS. And I was just telling you today, right? Mm -hmm. I don't play either one. So I want to get rid of them both and get a Les Paul play. And I'm thinking about just getting a Les Paul studio because I think what happens is, is kind of like my Strat mentality, kind of like my, you know, like I said, I like PRS, but I play the cheapest PRSs they make. Just not because they're cheap, just because... That's what I gravitate to. So I think with Les Pauls, I think where I've been messing up this whole time is I think I just need a studio. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm just drawn to the guitars yeah. that, you know, the what I call medium options, right? <laughs> they're not decked out. They're not. It's I, not the bare bones, but. Yeah, because for me, a lot of guitar playing is about comfort because if it's not comfortable, I won't pick it up. And I really, now that I've had this SG, really enjoying the SG. So, so there, uh, there you go. Um, so yeah, these like AB questions are great. I like that, especially with Ralph here, because then we can kind of get two, two input. So if you guys got a quick, you want to do a quick run of like AB questions, do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Ramiro just did a super chat. You guys, yeah, I appreciate the super chat. I'm sure it's because there was a comment earlier, but don't don't do that stuff. You know, like I said, the uh, the the super chats are great, but 
you know, if you have a question, you want to make sure it gets, you know, I understand the logic of paying a couple bucks to get it sorted to the top. I try to be as fair as, as I can with all that stuff, but you know, you don't have to tip, even though I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's appreciated, but you don't have to do it. Um, the, uh, okay. What else? What else do you, Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, Dan Lopez 2012 says, did you sell the $500 Les Paul studio? I did. The one I got at, uh, at, uh, at yeah, uh, um, Sam Ash. Sam Ash. Uh, I kept it for a little over a year. Uh, and then I sold it. And, um, you know, there is same thing. I just didn't play it. That's what it was. Um, so, uh, there you go. And you know, the funny thing is I'll tell you too, the price on those things shot up to crazy amounts. When I bought it for 400 bucks, they were going for yeah. about four or 500 bucks. That's what they were going for. Everybody to this day, when I watch the comments on the video, they're like, that's this fake, this video is fake. And I'm like, yeah. well, it probably feels that way now that they're worth eight, 900 bucks. But back then they were four or 500 bucks. And so I sold it. I made money on it, which is the point of when you collect to do that. However, what I did in all fairness was, uh, even though they were, I know where they were on the top end, I put mine below that price point in the middle in the sweet spot so i made a little money on it and um and i didn't gouge the guy who got it so i'm sure he loves it it's great um chris sarantos wants to know ralph what's the best guitar you've ever played the best guitar that I, that's that's tough i don't know i i don't i don't know by like the best um individual guitar that i've ever played it's probably gonna be your framus because i think it's probably oh, yeah. also the most expensive expensive electric guitar i've ever played you know it's funny is but i don't it's I great agree. it's amazing but after a couple of minutes you get sick of it yeah that framus perfect he just said it perfectly guys so you know i hand that frame to everybody <laughs> including some friends that work at prs every guitar everybody i hand that framus to i bought when they play it their first reaction is this is the best guitar i've ever played mm -hmm. hands down and then like he said in about 15 minutes later like <laughs> okay that was cool and then no interest to ever play, play it again, it again. It, it's like you can appreciate the craftsmanship that made it play so easy yeah. but you realize that it's something that you weren't looking for you're not looking for a guitar that plays like, easier or better than already easy to play <laughs> like i'm not good enough to play this guitar the way it's meant to be played <laughs> but other than that, it's just going back to a normal strat that's what I gravitate. Some guys gravitate to Strat. Some guys gravitate to Les Pauls. Yes, I, I just you know just a, a Strat with a good setup, and I'm you know I'm happy. And then uh, Blues Bunker says Z Sound sells some of the main Japan uh, fenders. Well, some of the main Japan fenders are available in the U.S. The Richie Kotzen is available in the U.S. Uh, there are main Japan fenders. When we're saying main Japan, we don't just mean mean they're made in Japan. They're made for the J Japanese they're, they're market. They're made for the Japanese market. Google what I'm talking about. You'll see what I'm saying. Like they do. So you know everybody does it. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there that make guitars just for the Japanese market, and they're outrageous and crazy. They have crazy graphics and uh, colors and the cool and, paints and cool oh. paint jobs and, and different scale lengths and stuff. I mean, they just do crazy stuff. They they're they're fun. Um, uh, Peter says, do you have a dedicated practice area or do I play in the video room? I'll let you ask this too. Do you have a dedicated practice area that you have? Uh, it's wherever the guitar is at. That's, that's to me. That's where I, I'm at. I'm like, yeah, my practice area is wherever I have a guitar and I'm good to go. Yes. Uh, so to answer your question, I do. Uh, the main area I practice in is my bedroom, which is the room. If you watch any of the videos, uh, probably forever until one day you saw me in this room. 
this is my office. This is where I work. And I used to not have stuff in here <laughs> because I would have to come here to work. And uh, what happened was I was making the videos, as uh, you guys know, in my bedroom, which is where I like to play. I have a corner in the bedroom that I just have. Uh, you know, you you know, if you guys don't know already, I'll just keep saying it. So you my whole house is guitars. Like every they're everywhere. Now my wife doesn't care. Um, so um, I, I'm just you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to throw. I don't want to throw anything under the bus. So when he made the when he said that, so you know, just you can put a disclosure. What does she care about? When cases, cases, guitar cases. She hates guitar cases and she hates guitars laying around. Yes. Right. Yes. So my wife, does, as long as they're hanging or neat, yeah. she doesn't care. But she she doesn't care. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, no. So I still practice in the bedroom there because um, it's comfortable for me. Um, and I have a, a, a ritual that I do. I get up in the morning and I play guitar. Like that's the first thing I do, <laughs> right? I get up and it's like I, I start warming up my hands and I play guitar or bass, uh, both usually, uh, but mostly bass. But anyways, I, I play and then um, I, I get ready and go do my day. And then throughout the day, I might go in there and play. But at the end of the day, I always, before I go to bed, I play for like an hour. So I, I go and play. And um and, and it's like, a, it's in fact, my wife, it's a funny, it's like, it's like a, 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 what do you call it? A, a, not a habit, but a ritual. Like I go upstairs and I start playing guitar. And when I start playing guitar, like that's the one hour notice to my wife that, you know, whatever she's doing downstairs, she knows she has like an hour until bedtime. Does it make sense? Because she knows I'll be, because she's, you know, doesn't want to go to sleep when I'm rocking out guitar in the bedroom this is dumb but uh, anyways um although sometimes she does <laughs> sometimes she just she's like i'm sorry i'm just tired she goes to sleep and i'm still playing uh guitar and bass and stuff but uh that's where i like to play in fact um i don't like to come in here very often because uh what happens to me now is if i come in this room i work i come out with the I, such the i have the best intentions to come in here and go hey i think i'll just practice some scales or learn this song and I pull out the stuff and then I look over and I go, Oh, I really should probably review this super overdrive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you just can't help it. You're like, well, I might as well turn on the cameras. You know what I mean? Um, or I come over to the computer and I start answering emails. Um, uh, I, I, I said this, I'll say this to you guys. Uh, being a YouTuber is really about doing emails. <laughs> if you hate doing, uh, doing emails, you would hate this gig. Um, slab and then we'll cut it. Slab says S uh, Seymour Duggan's quarter pounders in the Squire Telly thoughts. Love, love, love them. Love them. Um, the quarter pounders for me have those that I don't want to say P90, but the P90 punch, man. That's, that's what I like about them. So uh, funny. You said that I was thinking about putting quarter pounders in my <laughs> telly. Uh, the, uh, in fact, the, the blue, the bluish, uh, you know, the Seafoam green telly right now has the Billy Gibbons BG 1400 set in there. And I really like that set. But I think I'm looking for something just slightly different than that. But I want to see what happens when I get this humbucker telly that coming in. So, uh, so there you go. But that's uh, yeah, I love the quarter pounders. Um, I like them for strat, but I like them in the bridge. A lot of people that have installed quarter pounders for in strats, we, they put them in the bridge and then not in the neck in the middle. And I, I think that sounds good. Uh, okay. And on that note, go back. Go back here, or go back the other way. Yeah. Uh, we were. Oh, uh, Hobbs247 says, make a random comment 
a staple of KYG. Yeah, right. It could be a thing. You know, um, uh, that's a good idea, Hobbs. Uh, the I, I thought about <laughs> I thought about doing some cool giveaways when I do the five uh, gear video mm-hmm. review. Like maybe I'll say a word, and then you guys, if you know, because you guys watch the live show, you know that you know the word means to put your your you know the word type that word in there or whatever i could be like the word of the week and i thought about it, i go isn't that the Pee Wee herman show <laughs> and i couldn't do it but um so so uh, the reality is the reality is the the five products uh, that i review a week now in the in that video mm-hmm. i really like that format i hope you guys enjoy it too um because i'm because uh, if you don't i'm probably going to still do it for a little while because i enjoy it it's a lot more work to do but i just like the uh, the montage idea of products right it's just Instead of just every week being, you know, a pedal or whatever, maybe see some other stuff. And then also I get to put some stuff in there that I think is cool. Like to me, I love talking about the uh, Luthery tools, but necessarily I don't think you guys click on them. But I think in that format, I think you guys have been exposed to a lot of products that I you normally wouldn't have been exposed to. Um, but I'd like to do a giveaway because... Um, you know, a lot of those companies send me the product and I do, you know, do yeah. giveaways and I'm about to do some giveaways for the patrons as well. So I thought, okay, I'll do the patrons and then I'll do some for the, the, the regular community, but we'll figure that out. Like I said, um, and, uh, let's finish on a good question and a comment. Uh, there was a lot of you guys hanging out today and then, uh, and then, um, uh, we were off going to go barbecue. <laughs> uh, Yeah, see, yeah, Ian says, you know what to do when you hear the secret word. Yeah, you know what? Leave suggestions. Leave me an idea. That, you know, tell me what you think of that idea, but tell me if you guys have any better ideas. You guys do so great. The other thing I have a problem with you, so you know uh, if you guys can help with the the problem I'm having with the five gear review. I called it five review. I don't know what to call it. Somebody put a comment this week and I thought they were really spot on. They said, I enjoyed this video, but I'm really confused. <laughs> Like I didn't know what I was clicking into. And yeah, how do I tell people what it is? I was calling it Know Your Gear uh, Review, like it, you know, like Know Your Gear Show, you know, like the That Pedal Show or, you know, right? Kind of, you know, like it's just a show once a week. I thought maybe that'd be the idea, but I think that added confusion too. So if you guys have any cool ideas, you guys are the ones that came up with the Sharpener My Axe. You guys seem to like that title as well. If you come up with a cool title for the show, um, I'd like to do it because it's like, this is the QA. You know what I mean? Then you have sharpen my axe, and then I'd like to have the reviews instead of calling reviews, called call it something else. You know what I mean? You know, buy this crap, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, right? Uh, uh, so you guys know a little fun fact. Uh, I, I've I've learned a little trick for me personally. If you want to get ideas rolling, if you ever uh, always throw out the a worst idea, right? <laughs> Ralph knows this. I've been saying this for years. Um, I'm gonna leave you on a very non-guitar thing, so you guys know. Uh, I've learned that if anytime, <laughs> anytime uh, you want to get people thinking, start, just give a horrible idea because people react to horrible ideas very, very strongly. Um, and the reason this is an effective tool is here's what it happens. If you're ever in a group of people and they go, what do you want to eat tonight? And they go, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And they go, I don't know. What do you want to eat? You know what you do? Give the worst possible, like, let's go to Taco Bell, but only eat off the dollar menu. Like literally give the worst idea you can think of, right? And here's what happens. Instead of everybody talking for 30 minutes about what they want, they go, no, abs- I would rather go to Red Lobster. I'm like, okay, Red Lobster. Like, Let's I, would, I <laughs> would, yeah. They're like, they'll go, I'll rather go, right? You can get people really thinking if you give them a bad idea. So uh, buy this crap is my bad idea. And then you guys hopefully will come up with a good idea. Uh, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so there you go. Uh, anything you want to say before we go? No, no, no. I think it's that. And that's pretty much it. You know, pick the worst idea and let the people figure it out. Yes. Uh, Bell Bell says, "I love Taco Bell." See, yeah. then you love the idea. So we could have gone to Taco Bell then. It could have been right. It could have been. All it could have been over. We could have just gone to Taco Bell. Would have been good. Yes. See, uh, <laughs> Shaman Blues. I vote the Taco Bell show. Yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell might have a problem with that. Yeah, well, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I and I should point this out too. So, you know, I only picked Taco Bell in the joke because uh, one of my really close friends owns a bunch of Taco Bells, and he's a sweetheart, and he's an awesome guy, and yeah. I like to bust his chops. Uh, so, yeah. So that's the difference between Taco Bell and Wiener Schnitzel. We're going to one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're going to regret it later, anyways. Yeah. I think if you ate Taco Bell and Wiener Schnitzel on the same day, you die. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, uh, know your gears, Fab Five. See, right? Loving the ideas, guys. Like I said, anything you guys can do to come up with ideas, help out, uh, especially when I'm looking for something that will help me, you know, convey what this is. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to some stuff. I'll see you guys next week. Maybe we can get Ralph to join yeah. us again. Uh, obviously, I love having him come on and hang out, talk gear. And I really appreciate you guys today. You guys are super awesome. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And if you learn anything from today, it's that as soon as you turn off your computer right now, go practice. Go play guitar. And then uh, and Jim <laughs> wants you to know to go to Taco Bell. Well, thank you, Jim. <laughs> thank you, Jim. That's So, you know, in $10 in Taco Bell, that's like you eat like a king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys. Thank all you, right. guys. Thank you. Have a, have a great weekend. I know your gear. I know your gear.